Friends, welcome back to the Rob Mana Show. We've got a great guest this week. Uh, you know, it's another opportunity to get out some facts and truth about what the United States government is doing uh, to people that oppose the current regime. You know, and that's the title of the show is Biden's political opponents are being arrested for thought crimes. Palm Springs Unified School District Patrol Officer Alfredo Luna was arrested in 2021 on charges related to an investigation into domestic extremism by the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force. According to documents filed in Riverside County Superior Court, Luna was arrested on Inauguration Day, January 20th, after a prior search of his home turned up an unregistered assault rifle. District officials said he had been placed on paid administrative leave shortly after his arrest. Authorities allege that Luna, who also previously worked as a Cathedral City police officer, was an adherent of the QAnon conspiracy theory in a right-wing militia group. Scare quotes. And an American patriot with a voice for freedom, Alfredo Luna has experienced as a combat veteran Marine in Iraq and almost a decade and a half in law enforcement, including as a gang detective and undercover operations. Certified multiple times as an expert witness in the California courts and surviving four officer-involved shootings. Alfredo operates in chaos as only a warrior could and is the host of the Alpha Warrior Show. Alfredo, welcome to the Rob Anis Show. Uh, thank you for having me, Colonel. I appreciate it. Hey, man, uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, I know you're busy. and uh, I know this is uh, uh, the, the few days leading up to this, uh, this show has been very busy for you. How are you doing, man? Uh, uh, audience has heard the intro there. How are you and your family? Uh, uh, are you still struggling with what the arrests from back in 2021? Uh, what's going on with that? You know, Colonel, God is good. Um, so given everything that's going on, you know, me and my family have been able to make the best of it and kind of have, you know, regular or quote unquote normal life, as people mm -hmm. would say, but it has its toll. You know, there's, there's the days yeah. where you wake up and, and you feel the weight of the cross and, you know, it's, it's rough. And then always the, the couple of days leading up to court and a couple of days following that, you know, it's, it's, it's stressful, you know, that really kind of throws, you know, everything out of, out of whack as, as we adjust to it. Yeah, it does, man. I can't, I can't imagine quite frankly. And, and just like I have with other guests that have, have been harassed and, and put through this by our, our two tier justice system, injustice system in this country, you know, as a former, uh, commander in the military and a commissioned officer in the United States government. I'm sorry. I apologize for what's happening uh, because it's wrong. It's wrong. Uh, so, so, so Alpha, uh, tell folks, what are the specific charges that were against you initially and, and what's the status of each one of them now? Yeah, absolutely. I'll take a few seconds just to explain because I know we know the media, local media just completely try to obliterate my name, my career. And people are like, well, hold on, hold on. Former cop. I know what former cop means. And I understand that. And, and I yeah. get that. So what I want people to understand is I was a police officer for about four, a little over 14 years in Cathedral City. No one knows where Cathedral City is. So I always say we're the armpit to Palm Springs in Southern California. And then people are like, <laughs> oh, I know where that's at. So uh, small city, about 80,000 people. Um, yeah. And that's why I worked gangs. My career was phenomenal. As a matter of fact, if I would have gone with the grain, I'd probably be working on becoming a commander right now. Um, but there was a time when I was working gangs and we had a particular 
um, under Sheaf um, that became the chief. And when he did, long story short, and I, I say this so people can kind of go and do the research and vet who I was during my career, was they wanted me to write warrants on three guys in a homicide investigation. And I said, it's not there. So when I went against the grain, the target was put on my back. He became chief within four months. He wrote me up four times, which led to my termination. Now, and the reason this plays into my January 6th case is we won arbitration. Uh, judge said, hey, listen, this is who, and the judge laid it out. I mean, a phenomenal document, 36 pages. I'll email it to you. He lays out, hey, this is who you should have investigated. This guy was a scapegoat. You know, he has no credibility issues. He has this. And my, my career was awesome. You know, less than six months before they terminated me, I was police officer of the year, chief's medal the year before that. I mean, medal, valor. Like, I, I was really blessed to have a great career. But I didn't want to do something that was illegal or verge illegal, definitely ethically, morally right. wrong. And that's what ended my career. So when so, the local media said, uh, I'll just ask you this straight out, that you were terminated because uh, you falsified your time card, that's uh, not necessarily the whole truth and nothing but the truth, is it? As a matter of fact, it's completely false. So here's the thing. Yeah. So that wasn't even considered one of my terminating charges. The terminating charges I had was for a homicide investigation that completely went sideways. The wrong person was arrested right. and for not taking a child abuse report as a mandated reporter. Those are the two things that I was fired with. The time card issue, what that was, was that was the first thing. Because like I said, in four months, he wrote me up these four times. That was the first thing he wrote me up for. Yeah. So when we used to work gangs, you're working around the clock, 16-hour days, 18-hour yeah. days. <laughs> it's almost like the military days. So, so during this time, you know, let's say on Monday I work 17 hours and that would tell Sarge, Hey Sarge, um, Friday, you know, I'm going to dip out two hours early and he'd be like, all right, just, you know, take it from this time. So it was actually benefiting the department because I worked two, you know, let's say two hours of overtime. So it's time and a half, but I'm going to be leaving two hours early at straight time. So it actually benefits mm -hmm. the agency. We, they still do this at the department. Now, technically on the time card, it shows, okay, on this day I work from this time, on this day I work from this time. So the chief was trying to use a technicality to say, oh, well, you still reported it inappropriately. What saved me on this was I still had the text message showing, asking for permission and that it was granted. So it ended up getting changed and the chief had charged me for inaccurate documentation of a time card. Now, what I found interesting was, that, and this chief, his name was Travis Walker, and he was actually fired a few months after me. <laughs> Because people can look up that story, you'll laugh. You know, Cathedral City, Travis Walker, and you'll be like, Jesus. Um, but like I said, the agency was trying to paint a narrative to the local media. And like mm -hmm. I said, we end up going through arbitration. Judge writes a 36-page document, literally overturns every allegation, says, hey, this guy's pole bar rights were violated. He ordered re immediate reinstatement, back pay, made whole is the words that he used. So that brings me up to January 6th. Well, since we don't have binding arbitration at our agency, we were in the Ritz appeal side because the city wanted to contest it. That was scheduled to take place on May of 2021. The FBI raids me in January of 2021, and they used this based off of information for a confidential informant. Now, we believe strongly that that confidential informant was somebody back from the agency or you know tied to an agency, a friend or something like that, but they've concealed that from us. So, 
uh, to my understanding, you weren't anywhere near Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Is, am I correct in that? I was in Southern California on January 6th. That's when I was working <laughs> for the school district as one of their, their gang officers and security officers. And, and that's why I'm titling this show, Biden's political opponents are, are being uh, charged with thought crimes. Because uh, from everything that I've researched on you uh, since we decided to have you on this show, uh, uh, you, you've been charged, arrested and charged, uh, search warranted, your life turned upside down for two years now, uh, over two years now, based on what you said you were thinking uh, and, and, not a, and not an action at all. Is that correct? Absolutely correct. Zero criminal history. 2003, I had a tinted windows ticket. That's my Bonnie and Clyde moment right there. <laughs> you know, other than that, you know, decorated service. Um, I yeah. have pulled up on, on my screen so I can read it to you. This is, and I'm only going to read the first sentence because this is the part that should terrify all of us as Americans. And this is from the arrest warrant from the FBI, what they wrote. And they put, Luna Jr.'s behavior is consistent with pre-incident indicators of extreme violence. And that's that gets me to one of the main questions I had is uh, California has a red flag laws. Is that correct? That's correct. And it appears to me, and I wanted to get confirmation with you, that they used a red flag law to seize all of your firearms. Is that correct? That is correct. And that statement you just read, was that part of that issue? That was part of it right there. They're referencing my Twitter. My Twitter account yeah. is what they're talking about. And, and my next question around that, uh, Alpha, was it appears in in the reporting that uh, and they quoted the statement out of a document so i'm assuming it's it's in part of the red flag uh, warrant or or i'm not sure order i think is what they use for that uh, uh or it's in the warrant is that you were a marine corps veteran and uh had all the skill i'm paraphrasing now but ha have the skills to go out and kill or something uh, crazy like now, that you, so they is, is am i right they're holding it against you that you're a marine corps combat veteran yeah so they go because he was a prior marine corps combat veteran and former police officer they put alfredo luna is fully capable of inflicting violence so instead of saying hey you know because yeah. he's a veteran he's capable of self-control you know yes threat recognition you know everything that actually we have from the military they said Disciplined <laughs> response. <laughs> they said, nope, he's violent. Wow. So that leads me to, you know, uh, take, take, take the audience through it. And I'm sorry, I, 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 I'm just, I'm in disbelief again, as we talked about before the show. I, I'm in a constant state of disbelief that, that these once, uh, once very professional uh, government law enforcement and military agencies that I'm observing the last three years uh, have fallen so far that I can't rely on uh, anything uh, from them. So, so take the audience through why in the heck is combat veteran, Marine, outstanding police officer, Alfredo Luna, hit by the Joint Terrorism Task Force and arrested in charge on January 20th, 2021. Why? What are the specifics about that take the take the crowd through each specific and let's talk through them yeah absolutely as a matter of fact i have the main those six tweets that they questioned me on five or six tweets this was the main one that they focused around and i have it up so i'll quote it 
So it was dated January 6th of 2021. And I put, will you fight, bleed, and maybe even die with me as we take on the evil that is now stealing our nation? I'm a Marine combat veteran, law enforcement veteran of 14 years, and my allegiance is to God, family, and country. I'm ready, are you? Time to patriot the F up. God wins. I use the expletive, not F up, but everybody <laughs> gets around going with that word. There's a picture of me from the military, a picture of me from law enforcement, a picture of the American flag, and then a picture from Mel Gibson in the movie The Patriot. Mm-hmm. Now, with that, some people are like, well, it's kind of saucy. Absolutely kind of saucy. But I'm not advocating for violence there. I said, as we protect our nation. The other thing, and I didn't notice this until one of my audience members brought it up. They go, well, you never said the government. You never said the FBI. You said an evil. And they kind of took me back. I was like, that's interesting. You know, it's kind of by them. They're kind of self-admitting, well, you're referencing us because we're the evil ones. Because, you know, we're trying to say we're victims. But regardless, you know, it's freedom of speech. And, and it's when if you were to look at just solely that tweet, then people, mm-hmm. could, you know, try to take it out of context. But I've had my Twitter since 2012. And if you go through it, it's all about peaceful encounters with law enforcement. I have threads where I've told people, how do you have a safe traffic stop? I'm, I still back right. the badge. You know, my family's right. the thin blue line. Right. So, you know, they focused on that. And so for the audience to understand, I used to write search warrants. In California, I'm still considered an expert witness when it comes to gangs and writing search mm-hmm. warrants and homicides. So they come to my house. And I get that part out first because everybody's wondering, well, what the heck did he tweet? You know, that made the, the FBI so interested in, in attacking him. So early morning, dark hours of January 15th of 2021, which was my son's 13th birthday. We're waking up by an explosion uh, outside the house. The truck alarm's going off. The house alarm's going off. And the first thing I'm thinking is some drunk hit my truck and the truck hit the house. So I get up, grab my phone, run to the alarm panel. I start typing in the code so, you know, to turn it off. And my fiance starts screaming at me, get away from the door, get away from the door. And our front door is, it's an adobe house, older home, so it's textured glass. So I look at the door, and there's about a dozen red dots on there. Same time, my phone goes off. I answer it, and it's a lady's voice, and she says, this is the FBI. We have your home surrounded. Uh, You need to come out with your hands up. So kids are crying. Everybody's terrified. I gather them in the hallway, and I said, listen, it's the cops. I'm sure it's a misunderstanding. You don't have to worry that they're good guys. Um, because my stepdaughter was just in tears. So I put my AirPod on. I tell the dispatcher, listen, but no, I'm stepping out. Nothing is in my hands. My phone's in my pocket. I'm speaking from an AirPod. So I hear her relay the information while I'm listening on the phone. I open the door. I step out, and there's an armored vehicle up in the front yard of my home. There's another vehicle behind my truck, and there's just an entire FBI SWAT team, guns trained on me, um, dots on my chest, dots on my face. And they order me out to have me turn around. I put my hands on my head. And for the first time in my life, outside of a training environment, I'm having handcuffs that are put on me. And it was a moment I'll never forget. That's for sure. So for using words like protect our nation from evil, you have a no-knock warrant initiated on you, which is highly dangerous. Uh, and, uh, I'll be, I have to be transparent. I'm an opponent of no knock warrants. There's no valid reason for them. In my opinion, uh, the, uh, uh, which puts your family in danger, uh, after all this service to your country and your community, uh, that's been honorable, you know, uh, as you laid out, uh, 
and how did they treat you once you had the handcuffs on? So once they put the handcuffs on, I'm immediately asking them, hey, what's this about? They go, we got a search warrant for your house. I go, okay, let me see the search warrant. Because I've, I was on a tactical mm-hmm. team. I've executed these high-risk search warrants. I've, I, know the, I know the procedure. So I'm like, let me see right. the warrant. They're like, well, the agents are coming. I'm like, well, let me see it before you go in my house. So they handcuff me. They sit me on the curb. And now this is probably the worst part of the entire event that day is as I'm sitting there handcuffed, helpless. It, it, I know it's California, but in January, it's still cold out here. Right. I had to watch my entire family get ordered at the house, you know, with guns trained on them. Now, you know, that's a life we chose, military, mm. law enforcement. We're used to that scenarios. And even for us, that's an uncomfortable position. It was uncomfortable. It was terrifying. Sure. Yeah. My family are just civilians. They have nothing to do with that. And to watch them come out with all these guns focused on them. I mean, it is, I was, as a father, you know, a husband, I was, I was pissed. I was upset. And I noticed my wife and my kids sit on the opposite side of the street and she doesn't have the baby. At the time we had a little girl that was two months old mm-hmm. and she's saying, Hey, let me go have the baby. Let me go get the baby. So I tell the FBI agent that's babysitting me. I go, Hey, listen, it's a small house. We don't have a lot of stuff. Go make the living room safe. Take my family inside there. It's freezing and let her have the baby. And he's like, yeah, we're working on it. I, I watched them. My family was outside for probably a good hour, maybe a little longer than an hour as the FBI still hadn't showed me the warrant go inside the house, start searching it. My two-month-old daughter's still in her crib. My wife's outside wanting her, and there's a separation, and, and we just nothing we could do about it. Wow. Aren't there laws against that? There's, there's no laws against it, you know, specifically in California. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, are there some issues, you know, with moral turpitude and things like that, mm-hmm. policies? Yeah. Absol- absolutely. You know, but there's this gray area and it's all about articulation. You know, the law is designed to make things safe for, you know, victims, make things safe for suspects, make things safe for law enforcement. They're designed that way. But in the hands of the wrong people, it can be exploited. And as long as they can go on paper and say, you know, articulate that, well, we hadn't rendered the scene safe yet. There's ways that they can, you know, word salad around it to protect themselves, unfortunately. That's very unfortunate that your family was treated that way. Uh, So when when did they finally show you the warrant? Oh, it was hours later. (laughs) They finally showed me the warrant. So by this time, the sun is up. They finally take my family inside. They take me to the backyard through my side gate. And that's when the two investigating agents show up. Uh, Special Agent uh, Armento from the FBI and Detective Candius, who's assigned to the Joint Terrorism Task Force, he's a detective from Rialto Police Department, who's since retired. Mm-hmm. So they sit me back there. He opens up his, his black leather bifold. And as he's opening it up in front of me, I see printouts of my Twitter account. And in my head, I'm like, you got to be effing kidding me. Wow. Like, and so, you know, I go, what's this about? And he goes, well, we want to question you about your social media being potentially violent. So I respond... <laughs> And I'm just like, you know, I'm shaking my head and I'm like, first of all, nothing in my social media is violent and I want to have my attorney Yeah, completely disregarded. And so everybody knows that, you know, all these questions with regard to the interview, it's audio recorded by the FBI. So anybody can get this audio and vet everything I'm saying, because some of the things I'm going to say, you're going to be like, I don't believe that it's not possible. It's recorded, complete transparency. Anybody can request it. So your Twitter printouts were in the warrant. So, well, we only seen, we've only seen about 
five, six pages if you count the face page of the warrant. So we don't know the complete document of it. It's still sealed. You know, even in our discovery request, we haven't been provided that along with a bunch of other documents. But in the part we have seen, there was five tweets. Like I said, the the one I read to the audience, that's the main one they questioned me about. There was another one that was dated. Uh, it said on my tweet, January 19th. Um, or it was one slash one nine for January 19th. And they asked me, what's that about? And remember, this is the January 15th. So the 19th hasn't came yet. And I said, well, a lot of us believe that Trump is going to reveal a lot of the election fraud documents on this day. Right. Well, hindsight, we know that never happened, but this was kind of the going rumor at the time. Sure, yeah. Uh, the other question, the tweet they questioned me out was a screenshot, and it's the Chris Kyle Punisher skull um, that's surrounded okay. with the stars, but in the middle of it, it had the Roman numeral three. Mm-hmm. And this goes into one of the questions and something they wrote in the document about me. And they, when they got to that one, they're like, well, why'd you put the three percenter skull up here? I go, I didn't. And so they pull out the photograph. Here it is. I go, that's the Punisher skull. That's Chris Kyle's skull. Like, no, it's a three percenters. Like, I don't know who the heck you're talking about with the three percenters, but that's the Chris Kyle Punisher skull. And they're like, well, who are the three percenters? Like, I don't know who the three percenters are. They go, what's one of the militia groups? I go, I know who the Proud Boys are. I know who the Oath Keepers are. I've never even heard of the three percenters. So he kind of gives me a look like, yeah, right, guy. So he goes, starts explaining his interpretation of who they are. And I said, well, I know who the one percenters are because, you know, I work gangs and I know about yeah. motorcycle gangs. Yeah. I go, so, you know, I'll give you that and i'll research it and if you're saying the truth then okay i'll, I'll recognize that and i'll take it down but like i said that was the only reference to a roman numeral three in my entire twitter account so, later so when on, the media reports that you are a member of the three percenters militia group which is not a crime in this country by the no, way freedom of association uh folks uh, uh it's called a right uh that the government has no business messing around with quite frankly uh, uh, you're not a, you never were a member of the three percenters, never member of three percenters. And, and like I said, I went and did my research on the proud boys, the oath keepers and the three percenters afterwards. And I don't have any problem with any one of those groups. You know, every group yeah. has bad apples, but the intentions of those groups seem, you know, honorable, at least in my judgment, but I've I wasn't had inter- interactions with people in, in each of those groups in, in, including the, the leader of the proud boys, uh, in, in different settings than, than, the, than what going on about January 6th and everything and I've never seen anything uh, or heard anything or picked up on anything nuanced or anything about any of this craziness that the government uh, folks are saying uh, is or was going on nothing ever no as, as a matter of fact and I've never even shared this part on any of the shows where I've, I've shared my story but following them leaving my house because I didn't get arrested till five days later I would, what was the first thing I did is I went to the internet and I started researching the three percenters because yeah. his thing was, he said, Hey, it's, it's this belief that 3% of the Americans are going to be going to be the new militia that takes over the country. And I was just like, Hmm, let me look it up. <laughs> and the only thing negative that could have, I could find about the three percenters was an article by an NFL player um, that was arrested. He had a tattoo of a three percenter. He was questioned on it. They told him the same thing. He goes, Hey, I didn't know about it. And yeah, I wish I never got the tattoo. Other than that, I didn't find anything negative on them. So I kind of found that interesting. I was just like, hmm. But of course, you know, <laughs> Google's going to tell you so much. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, so the the newspaper, the local media uh, says that, you know, based off the information the FBI gave them, that I was adherent to the three percenter and QAnon movement. And yeah, I found- so we've covered the, the first tweet, <laughs> which 
wasn't calling for violence. It was calling to protect a nation from evil. Uh, the three percenter, which was the Chris Kyle Punisher Skull. Uh, by the way, I have my own Punisher Skull custom logo that I use on my t-shirts uh, with my name in them. Uh, and, uh, uh, and now, now that was one of my next questions was, what's up with the QAnon thing? Look, I'm going to be transparent again. I, 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 I never considered it credible. People would bring it up to me and I go, well, you know, you can believe what you want, but uh, but but here's what I think uh, as a as a person that's been in the intelligence world and the military world and all that and and understands what those types of communications uh, look like and those kind of things. So uh, so I was like, hmm, this will be interesting to see what Alpha says uh, about this so-called charge. So what did they what do you have to say about that? This gets real interesting, too. So I want to add something real quick to the Chris Kyle Punisher school. So during the interview, I'm telling him, I go, we all have that in law enforcement it's on our tactical vests it's on our patrol cars i go yeah. are, are you trying to say that this is something that's for three percenters and they wouldn't acknowledge that and so later on i'll tell you guys what i did you know to prove my point because i'm an investigator by trade yeah, sure so with regards to to q and the anons or as the media puts it together q anon this is what i told them i go look as far as the stuff that talks about you know corruption the stuff that talks about um uh, human trafficking and the stuff that talks about election fraud, I go, absolutely support the information that's around there. I go, but, and I, and this is like a tough audience, this is recorded. I go, but you don't have to believe in these boards to know that. We already get these safety intel briefings as being in law enforcement about what's going on at the border. Like this is already confirmed. This is just another source out there that's providing information. I go now as far as some of the other things that Q puts out there, I think it's absolutely insanity. I go, I think it's yeah. crazy. I go to each their own. I go, but when you're telling me things about time travel and all this other stuff, I'm not buying. <laughs> I go, you know, and my attorney's laughing. He goes, he goes, if nobody knows you, he goes, and they go just off of that interview, he goes, I would think like you didn't believe in Q it completely. He goes, so for them to go and document that you're adherent to it, you know, it's interesting. Now, here's the thing, because I work gangs, you know, when we do a gang enhancement on a suspect, there, there's severe consequences to that. Every, everything that they're looking at is enhanced. You know, possessions of guns, firearms, mm -hmm. you're looking at adding 10 years, maybe even life in some situations. Right. So to document someone as a, you know, gang member to, you know, said gang, there's a whole matrix of things that we have to go through. You know, photographs, you know, um, self-declared um, self things, tattoos. Uh, clothing, you know, mm -hmm. and insignias, you know, prior, you know, arrests and contacts with other people. Like you have to document like this. I mean, when I do a gang book, it's like the size of a Bible for one person. That's how much documentation goes into it. Mm -hmm. Well, they have nothing like that because there's no clothes in my home. There's no photos. There's no like it's there's nothing. So when I saw that, I was just like, all right, this they're going to use me to push a narrative that's out there. Because there's times where I have put tweets out there on certain posts that, you know, the, the Q board would talk about. But once again, it's relative to election fraud and human trafficking. And just so this has always been my stance then and stance now, uh, what I've told people is I go, look, I, I'm not in the, you know, the, the bunker of NORAD. I'm not in the Oval Office with Trump. You know, I'm not hanging out with all the important people. So I don't know. So this is what I'll tell you. One thing I do know is it, it, you can tell completely it's a PSYOP. And this is before everybody was even saying PSYOP. I go, you can tell it's a PSYOP. 
I go, the question you need to ask yourself, is it something the good guys are doing or the bad guys are doing? I go, and you need to be prepared because if it's the bad guys, you need to know their motive. If it's the yeah. good guys, great. If you want to believe that there's this white chariot of heroes coming to save us, great. But at the same time, you have to get involved with saving this country. And this is one of the things that I love about what General Flynn says is local reaction with the national influence. You know, get involved in your school boards, get involved in your mm-hmm. county boards, get, invo- get involved in your HOAs. You know, you, you can't just believe. And this is always, this has been the one issue I've always had with the boards is there's this. And I know I'm probably going to upset some people with this, but there's this trust the plan. And that yeah. absolutely it's like nails on a chalkboard for me because yeah. it to me, it makes people feel like at least my opinion like, well, I'll just sit on the couch because there's these people out there that are going to fix all this. And that's how we lose this country by not getting involved. That's true. That's I've always told my audience, if it's, if it's real, great. But you need that's to operate true. like if it's not. Watch the rest of this interview on Red Voice Media Premium using the link below. Completely uncensored and ad-free. Not a member yet? Try it for $1.